0: Hello and welcome back to the ACSC podcast. Thank you so much for the great feedback we've had so far. This is episode five for us and I think this has absolutely flown by. But we're seeing great responses and great numbers coming in. So it means the world. Uh, Just a quick start before we get into our topic conversation. This week it's Mental Health Awareness Week. And personally for me this is something that means a lot. Uh, I've had struggles with it, and I currently still do. But I just wanted to sort of mention this and get this out there because it's something that means a lot to myself and probably does mean a lot to my co- co- uh, co-host co Adil.
1: Yes guys yeah hi again yeah thank you again for the amazing support and feedback we've had uh, thus far on the four episodes. Um, just a quick one on that as well uh, last episode obviously was away from football um, so I hope you guys all enjoyed that and hopefully we've brought in a different kind of audience as hopefully we will do today because it's a, another different topic away from football as well. Um, again yeah like Charles just said there as well it is mental health week and um, so we'll just touch on that as well. And um, like he said, as well, you know, it's affected it himself. Um, like we mentioned, I think it was on our first ever episode or the second one where we touched a little bit how, you know, how football, for example, can affect yeah. our mental health. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, a little bit from that as well that, you know, we've, we've all gone through um, our struggles. But this is probably a week where we can potentially, you know, do our little bits out there to help, um, you know, get the awareness out there. Um, just want to say before, obviously, Charles just mentioned a bit more on it. Um, from both of us here at ACSC, um, we are obviously very supportive and, and we'll do what we can for, you know, any sort of anyone struggling with mental health that want to pop up to us and speak to us about anything. Not that we're absolute, you know, um, we know everything about it or anything like that at all, but we're just another ch- person to speak to if anyone needs to do that. So like I said, our DMs, me and Charles, are always open um to you know to talk about any of that and we'll always be we'll always be here for you guys so i just pass it back to charles now brilliant
0: that is the main thing Uh, not saying we're professionals or anything this but for me my personal experience talking to anyone is the main thing just airing your feelings make such a difference and just some of the things seeing the stats around this week is there's an estimated in the UK alone the one in six people suffer with some form of mental health problem ie depression anxiety etc it's such a renowned thing that people sort of don't really figure how big it actually is within the UK and I just want to mention one of the main people I, I've had some help with is a UK charity called Mind they're a UK charity based here helping people within the UK for any issues you may have it's completely confidential and they have two health Lines always there. Um, There is a massive donation, so any donations to them would be a brilliant, so charity. That is the main thing. So, if there is any issues anyone has, please, if we can help in any way, hear from us at ACSC we are more than willing to help. Uh, so we'll now get into our topic of conversation this week, which is Formula One. Bit of a different conversation, but it's something I do enjoy watching just as much as quite a few people I know. Uh, and we'll get straight into it. We just going to be talking talk about summarise of the drivers and teams for this season.
1: Yeah, exactly that. I think first we'll just touch on um, the season that obviously hasn't quite started this year, obviously due to the whole pandemic. And the talks of the races, you know, being delayed and I'm not sure how many exactly we're going to have this year. Um, but hopefully we will have a season, and hopefully there'll be enough to get a final standing. Um, I'll just get Charles to touch back on the uh, the drivers for this year. We will touch on next year a little bit with the whole Sebastian Vettel news, which will come up later on. But I'll just go back to Charles on that, and then if you can just you know run through the um, just a couple of main drivers for this year, and we'll go into that.
0: Yeah, of course. So we got. I've just got some of them. Obviously, next this season is Toro Rosso. They've got Gasly and Cavalli, Ferrari, Vettel, and Leclerc. Obviously, this season, and obviously, it's going to be an interesting battle between them two. Who's really going to be the number one driver after Leclerc having such an amazing first year? You've got Williams. Uh, it's a new lineup this season you've got Latifi and Russell Latifi was the F2 runner up last season replacing Kubica there this year and Renault you've got Ricardo and Ocon Esteban Ocon coming back in this season replacing Nico Hulkenberg who's not going to be on the grid it's a bit of a shame cuz I do like him as a driver this year
1: yeah exactly that and I think we just didn't, you just didn't quite mention that as well we've got um at Red Bull it's still Max Verstappen and Alex Albon um so they've unchanged as well this season I think Max Verstappen you know, many tip him to be a future world champion, maybe future multiple world champion. Uh, Alex Albon's another interesting one. You know, maybe a little bit more of a low-key driver, but a man who's proved himself to be a very good understudy to uh, Verstappen, um, and he kind of um, can be a great teammate to him and potentially for a successful season for Red Bull.
0: Like I say now, I think Albon is a very interesting driver. I like watching him last season. He come into that car and has pushed Verstappen, and he can push him for times, and that's the main thing which Christian Horner's has always said, he wants a second driver that can compete with Verstappen. Everyone knows how quick Verstappen can be in that car, but they've always had that struggle of trying to get someone next to him to push him and compete. And I think Albon's done that so well so far.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you on that one. I think Alex Albon, since he's come in, if you, as you mentioned there as well, in the qualifying as well, I think he's out-qualified uh, Verstappen a couple of times. Um, he's even finished, I think, two, twice or three times um, we way finished above Max Verstappen yeah. in, in the races. Yeah. So he's definitely, yeah, exactly. So he has um he has proved his share and he's obviously, like we say, he's a good pair. They're both very young drivers, both of them. And if if they both can, you know, live up to their potential, then Red Bull have got a, a pairing there that can, you know, lead them to potential world championships.
0: That's the main thing. I think Red Bull want to try to get back on top of their oldest success with Vettel before, but they've never really competed since then. So... They're a team trying to come back. And obviously, it's a very similar situation to Ferrari. Obviously, this year, with Sebastian Vettel, world champion everything, who's meant to be the number one driver. And then, out come Charles Leclerc last season, who drive phenomenal. And he's my one and probably my personal favourite driver on the grid at the moment for someone so young. But just watching what he does in that car, this season, you could argue to say he's the number one driver at Ferrari.
1: Yeah, I, I personally think I think Charles Leclerc, again, um, he's a, a driver that I have so much ad- admiration for. Um, he's he's a young driver, but you know if you if you watch his uh, press conferences and his interviews, he's his um his head screwed on. He's a very modest kind of man as he is. His persona is just very modest, and he's he's a and when he drives, he's a very tactical. You know, he's always thinking ahead. He's not a rash driver. He's a very you know very like it, it doesn't make very. If you see the race, he's hardly ever making mistakes. He's hardly ever got any DNFs. Of course, he's young and he's still learning the trade. Um, But for me, between him and obviously Verstappen, as people see as the next, the next generation, if you like Verstappen and Leclerc, I see Leclerc as a more. Maybe Verstappen's got more of the natural talent, but if you're looking at, you know, because obviously you can't just go with talent. Yeah. Go with, um, you know, smart driving and you know not get DNS, etc. I think Leclerc can definitely push him for world championships. And obviously, we'll just push that into and link it into um, who can potentially challenge um, Lewis Hamilton, who's obviously six-time world champion, the current driver's world champion at the moment. So, yeah, yeah it will course. be interesting to see who could potentially challenge him this year. Um, from my understanding, if you look at the, um, the car Mercedes have got, again, we expect them to be the front runners. Um, and then, obviously, Lewis Hamilton, who's obviously won the last two world championships, hot on form at the moment. Um, and, and for me, this particular year, it would be interesting because Leclerc has stepped up. You've got Verstappen. Vettel is kind of on the decline. Um, so I think for me, um, Lewis Hamilton.
0: I think he has been for a few seasons, though. Yeah. It's not yeah. just a recent thing for Vettel. I think you're looking at the last few, even last season, the amount of errors he's been making over the last few seasons. It's just, it's like looking at a completely different driver compared to the one at, when he won two titles in a row, three titles. Row. He looked phenomenal. Now you look at the amount of mistakes he's making. It's like, it's an amateur driver at times.
1: In fact, I do believe he won four in a row. He won four World Championships and four Red Bull. Yeah,
0: Yeah, And obviously you think that, and then he went to Ferrari and everyone thought, this is it, he's going to kick on. But since he's gone there, he's, I don't know if the fame got to his head or being at Ferrari, which is obviously seen as the best team well, I will say depends, but the most famous reputable team. If Ferrari, in a way, is like the Real Madrid of football. They're the elite of the elite. Yeah, exactly that.
1: I think it's spot on. I think Ferrari is any Formula 1 drivers coming through, anyone, a young, astute driver that wants to succeed in F1, always wants to race for Ferrari. And like you say, they are the Real Madrid where, you know, they're maybe not the best team right now, but in terms of history and, and reputable, as you were saying, they are the, the, the most reputable F1 team. Sebastian Vettel, again, a a driver who I've um, over the years, you know, with his rivalry with Lewis Hamilton, has been, you know, very public. He's a man that over the years I've had so much respect for, and I've only grown more respect for Sebastian Vettel. He did win four world championships in a row. It was with an absolutely unbelievable Red Bull car, Uh, but that doesn't discredit what Sebastian Vettel did, because at the end of the day, he had a teammate who had the same car as him. Um, Yes, he might be driver one, driver two. But Sebastian Vettel, yeah. you know, to win four championships in a row, I know he's got, he's, you know, one of the greatest F1 drivers in history with four world championships. You can't take that away from him. It is a shame to see, he, exactly. And it's a shame to see no. his, his basically, his decline. I mean, last year was a, for me being a fan of Sebastian Vettel, um, it, it was quite hard to watch. I mean, Charles Leclerc, as much as I have, I'm a big fan of him, he outperformed him. And if I just look at Charles Leclerc last year, if you look at the first seven races of the year, Sebastian Vettel finished, out-qualified him and finished higher than him out of six out of the first seven races. So everyone thought, yep, Sebastian Vettel, he's the number one driver, you know, and he's going to be, you know, Charles Leclerc, you know, it's his debut kind of season. He's going to be the understudy. But if you look at the last 13 races, 10 of them, Charles Leclerc, out-qualified him. Now, and obviously he, and I think he finished higher yeah. than him in, was it in nine of them? Or he might have even finished, well, I
0: think it's it about, was, yeah. Yeah, and obviously the main thing that everyone thinks of Leclerc was obviously winning in Italy with the whole massive scenes of the celebrations. That that sticks out for me as Leclerc's major highlight winning that race there, which they haven't done for years. But and like you're saying, is Leclerc coming to the scene has like, so become the number one there. And I think, I don't know with Vettel, is it a bit of an arrogance thing as well? Obviously he's seen this young kid coming up Who's taken his limelight away from him? You've seen it on the radio; they have some of the arguments back and forth. It's very childish, like as well. But it's interesting to see that dynamic between
1: exactly that. I think Sebastian Vettel. There could be a sense of complacency. I mean, you had Charles Leclerc coming through. Maybe he was very sure. Vettel, I mean, very sure he's a number one driver. Um, and then obviously he soon came become apparent where he probably wasn't. And he just got to Sebastian Vettel, he started making very big errors. Errors that, you know, especially for a, a German driver, a very efficient driver over the years, very few mistakes, Sebastian Vettel. And then, you know, in the last season itself, we saw I think two or three DNs, Very bad mistakes where yeah, he crashed yeah. into the back of Max Verstappen.
0: Was it it was this season, wasn't yeah, it? When he crashed exactly, into him, wasn't it? No, was I believe season?
1: it was just a season gone. Um, you know, he's had a he's had a couple yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of run ins with his teammate Charles Leclerc. And he's just made errors where you just wouldn't expect it for such an experienced driver. And I think the inevitability of Sebastian Vettel potentially leaving Ferrari, which we'll touch on at the end. I think we'll just finish off on Lewis Hamilton at the moment. But it's just been, for me, it hasn't come as a surprise. I mean, many people saw it and gone, oh, that's a big surprise. And what it's done is it's opened up, you know, opportunity for other drivers to move to so many different teams, which we'll get onto as well. But for me, it's not been a surprise. I think Sebastian Vettel's decline has been evident for a couple of seasons, as you've been saying. Um, and Ferrari have been planning for his aftermath for a while. And I think Charles Leclerc, being their number one driver, mm-hmm. has been you know on their forefront and on their mind for a while. So again, not a surprise for me and definitely not a competitor to Lewis Hamilton for the coming up season this year.
0: No, I think... This season, I think, is a given. Until the rules change, which we'll touch on Side, but obviously the rules have now been pushed back until 2022. That's where it's going to make it a bit more of a level playing field for a lot of the teams. The same budget costs, different types of cars. That will make it probably a bit more expi- uh, exciting to watch for people as it won't just be what you'd say the top three, which is Mercedes, Ferrari and Red Bull. And then you've got best of the rest, which we can touch on a little while, which I like. It's it's a bit more interesting watching some of the guys race, but I think... Hamilton will win again this year. It's a given. I can't see anyone pushing him. It'll be interesting to see how Max can do because I think Max has got to push up now. Yeah, he's been this driver for the last three years, who everyone's saying he's the wonder kid, but he's now got to try and make a mark and get this world championship because it's it will only be so long. There's so many races ever before him. Daniel Ricciardo was very similar. Got to be this wonder kid, and now look at it
1: exactly that. I mean, if you look at the um, like Daniel Ricciardo, as you're saying, you know, he had when he was at Red Bull, you know, there was potential, and we saw maybe could he, there was even questions, could he be a world champion? I mean, Mark Webber couldn't do his fellow uh countrymen, yeah, um, but he's almost become Mark Webber number two, basically. Um, you know, he's uh, he's, he's had a tough time, you know, Red Bull left Red Bull didn't quite work out for them and obviously coming to Renault now where it's a very interesting I quite like the lineup they've got this year with uh Danny Ricardo and um and Esteban Ocon Econ who, Ocon who Ocon who was um I believe he still yeah. might be the reserve driver for Mercedes however he is in a two-year contract with Renault at the moment uh, effective from this season so that's a bit
0: yeah I was gonna say I think the link with Ocon is his agent is Toto Wolff who is obviously the general manager oh, there you at go. Mercedes. So I think the long-term yeah. plan is he will step into the Mercedes car eventually, but they can't not get him experienced on the track. And being at Renault, I think it's an exciting team to be part of. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly that. And I think if you look at, in terms of the results, maybe not again, like you said, they had Nico Hulkenberg, who's a very reputable driver, who's missed out this year. Um, I do like their lineup. I don't fancy their chances to, you know, compete at all. Uh, for me, as we'll just go back on the Lewis Hamilton thing as well, um, you were mentioning how um, it's probably a given. The way I see it is Lewis Hamilton out of all the drivers on the grid this year. If again we have to stress as well, if we get races to go ahead, I know we've, we've got the Silverstone thing where they've you know they said back-to-back racing where Charles. I'll let you touch on that in a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said, if the if the if the calendar year and we do have races, I just feel Lewis Hamilton will win more than the rest. He's going to make less mistakes than the rest, and he might not win every race. Um, but the he will accumulate more points than anyone in terms of you know he, he's a smart driver now he's the most experienced driver out of, out of everyone on the grid now you know he'll know a second place he will be still set up for it will take him eighteen points. To he him. doesn't take I them think risks for now. I think. No, exactly. Before, you know, the rash Lewis Hamilton, the exciting almost Lewis Hamilton over the years where we see he's like, no, I want to win. Yeah. And what would happen is he'd go for the win and he'd, he'd crash out or, you know, get a penalty and he'd drop back into a grid. Now Lewis Hamilton is like, you know what, I can do with a couple of second places. I can do with a couple of 18 points and then I can get back onto my perch and win the next race and he'll keep him. In- on top of on top of the um, standings, he's a smarter driver now, Little Sam. I think this and is where me, yeah, go
0: Verstappen needs to learn and take that approach. Verstappen is such an exciting yeah. driver, but he's so still mature, immature in the head that it is exciting to watch. when he's sometimes you see him at the back of the podium when he comes third. Brilliant when you can do that, but there are certain races he needs to, like you're saying, be smarter and take them extra points where it comes in at a few seconds because they're what matter when it comes towards the end of the season.
1: Exactly that. I think Max Verstappen, again, for me, watching the races of Red Bull last year, he is, and, and, and I say this with a pinch of salt, but if we remember Ayrton Senna, the way he used to go through the field, I've not seen, and I know Lewis Hamilton, you know, he's had his few races where he's been unbelievable. Since Ayrton Senna, I've not seen anyone as good as Max Verstappen to go through the grid the way he does. It's absolutely phenomenal. And in terms of God-given talent as a racer, He's got it. He has absolutely got it. If he can turn, like you said, turn that into maturity and you know absolutely like screw his head on a little bit and become a bit more cautious, like maybe Charles Leclerc is. Max Verstappen will win multiple world championships, and I'm absolutely no doubt about that.
0: I think that is the, I think the battle that we've touched on is obviously going to be. I think Verstappen, the Clerk, Ocon, he's a potential in there. We haven't touched on George Russell at Williams. I think he's a very good driver as well, and I think he's got a lot of potential. When he's been in that car, he's impressed me a little bit this year. Uh, obviously, Carlos Sainz is in that section as well. There's a lot of drivers coming through that have got potential. Obviously, Albon at Red Bull, who we touched on earlier, I think it's a very exciting time for F1. There's a lot of young drivers coming through who are showing a lot of potential.
1: Yeah, exactly. That I feel like you were just saying there, you know, the, the, the drivers you just mentioned, they're all very young, they've all got their future ahead of them. Um, again, George Russell, you mentioned there. Yeah, he is the reserve driver for Mercedes, um, and there was talk of um, from next year where Valtteri Bottas would potentially leave his l- role as the understudy to Hamilton, and they'll have a British pairing with Russell and, and Hamilton, um, which will be interesting. It'll be a nice little watch for us as well. Um, that'd be to have two British drivers in one team, especially in the most successful team, which is Mercedes at the moment. Yeah, would be nice to nice to watch. Um, but we'll obviously touch on that later on as well, where we'll talk about the driver changes for next year because it does open up a, a possibility for many drivers.
0: Yeah, so we'll sort of start touching on Sebastian Vettel a little bit more in his situation. So obviously the news yes. has now broke. Yes. As of next season, Sebastian Vettel will no longer be at Ferrari and Carlos Sainz is replacing him, which I think is a very interesting move for Ferrari. In my eyes, I think it's, they're taking a different approach. They're not going for a ready-made superstar anymore. They're going up for a building an interesting team with in Leclerc and Sainz. It's sort of taken a new approach that we can bring these youngsters in and we can turn them into world champions.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, a lot of faith shown in their products in their in the well in their young drivers and it's it's nice to see. I think it's it's the way that many teams are going now, you know, Red Bull are doing it. Mercedes we well, have got Hamilton, but they're thinking about Russell. Ferrari are doing it, and, and and I really appreciate that. I think it's really good that they are doing that. Obviously, if you look over the years, they had Kimi Raikkonen for a year or two, brought him back. You know, it was like, a, again, an experienced driver. They brought in Sebastian Vettel, you know, who, again, was more experienced as well. So now to see a pairing of Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz, I thought, who I think is an absolutely brilliant driver. Um, where was he? Was he at Toro Rosso last season?
0: I believe... Uh... I want to say it was at Renault. Was I want Ren- to say it was Renault Ren- Ren- with Ricardo. Okay, I want okay. to say.
1: Because well, he, be, yeah.
0: I don't know if you've seen, yeah, there's a good documentary yeah. to watch if any F1 fans are out there on Netflix. It's called Drive to Survive. There's two seasons now and it's all behind the scenes. And it is such a good watch to see the characters they build. So as you see, Ricardo, everyone knows he's the funny man within F1. Playing the pranks or something, but yeah, of course. But yes, it's, yes. it's an interesting thing like that. And just touching on the teams for next season, McLaren's interesting one, obviously, who's going to replace Signs? Uh, and they've got Landon Norris, I believe, from what I've seen a lot of reports. And it's going to be Ricardo and Norris because Ricardo's now leaving Renault after this season, going over to McLaren. And I think he believes he said it's a better switch for his car. And McLaren are changing from a Renault engine to Mercedes, which will be a very interesting to see if that can bring them any better success.
1: Yeah, McLaren, a team who over the years have had their share, fair share of success. The last three, four years have probably been the worst in their F1 history. You know, it's just been one driver after another and it's just that Kevin Magnussen or Lando Norris who retains his spot for next year. And it's a uh, Danny Ricciardo who, you know, didn't quite work out for him at Red Bull. I mean, sorry, not Red Bull, at Renault. Um, but now he's at McLaren, again, like you said, with the Mercedes engine's I really hope uh, they can challenge, well, not challenge, but at least be a bit more competitive. Um, and I hope, for especially for Danny Ricardo's sake, uh, that it works for him. Um, McLaren's a big move for him. Um, and, and that will be really interesting to see. I think it's a huge it's, move. Yeah.
0: They're, they're an interesting team, I think. It's, it's big things coming up there. And obviously, Racing Point will be changing names as of next season to Aston yeah. Martin. Obviously, their lineup will be Perez and Lance Stroll. There to there, and it's I think how much money is there going to be pumped into a team to try and make them successful? Yeah,
1: exactly that, I and mean, it's, it's it's an interesting one again. Just to change of name to you, like you said, to Aston Martin. As you just say, it was Lance Stroll and Perez, uh, Sergio Perez. Perez yes, so again, another couple of yeah. young drivers. Yeah. Sergio Perez had his, well, he was linked with the Ferrari role a couple of years back. You know, when Vettel was there, um, one one yeah, reason yeah. or another didn't quite work out for him. Um, but that is an interesting, another interesting lineup, And obviously, I think we've got for Toro Rosso next year. I think they're unchanged. I think it's still Pierre Gasly and Danny Kiviat, I believe, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. The only thing for Toro Rosso is it's no longer called no, Toro Rosso. They're now called Alpha yes. Tori. Yes. Uh, Alpha Tori, they've changed their name. Uh, I think that's a new partnership there. And it's, I think it's an interesting uh, factor is to see how successful teams like that can be within F1. Mm. It's mm. having basically like a feeder team. Within F one, it's it's a good dynamic. Yeah, it is,
1: and I think, like I said, they're always Toro Rosso. They're always the understudy to the the A team, if you like, for Red Bull. You know, you had I think Max Verstappen came through Toro Rosso, then they promoted to Red Bull. So yeah, a, a yeah, lot of them yeah, do that. Um, Alex Albon again, another one who was promoted, and I think Danny, the Danny Kvyat Pierre Gasly, one of the other who was in Red Bull got demoted to Toro Rosso.
0: Pierre might be Ga- No, Kvyat went up from Toro Rosso. Red went Bull. up to, no. No, no sir. Like it was Gassi, like Gasly. Yeah, yeah. Gasly went from Toroso up yeah, to Red Bull and then got dropped midway through for Albon to exactly replace that. Him.
1: So, you know, they, they having the that four drivers effectively for that team helps them to, you know, kind of work out what's right and who's the better driver and whatnot. Um again on the um the Vettel situation as well, um, you know, Vettel who at the moment is not going to be with a team for next season. Renault have obviously got Esteban Ocon, and there is a spot available. And the Renault, um, the team director has come out and said they are look going, looking forward to going towards a, a younger approach and go through their reserve driver system, maybe go through that route. Uh, McLaren sees the field with Lando mm-hmm. Loris and um, Danny Ricardo. Um, and, and then the interesting one, which I found very interesting, which I was just looking up in the last few days, is if Sebastian Vettel doesn't get this move, what I just mentioned now, it's potentially retirement for him. The move that, that's been leaked is... is partnering Lewis Hamilton at Mercedes next year again we not discredit what Valtteri Bottas has done as the number two at Mercedes but Toto Wolff came out and said a German driver in a German team is very marketable now that might be a comment that might upset Lewis Hamilton but what's interesting for me is yeah what's interesting thing. for me is they are two very alpha male drivers none of them have got exactly years on them now in terms of they've not they there's not exactly like high potential past them anymore. Between them there'll be their ten world championships. Absolutely unbelievable stuff that is. If you look at it as well, I was speaking to my brother yesterday at home as well regarding that kind of move. Vettel Vettel if yeah, he yeah. wants to move to Mercedes, he has to accept to be a number two driver. Lewis Hamilton will not accept that if if Vettel, if Mercedes promote Sebastian Vettel it causes definite unrest with Lewis Hamilton and upsetting a successful driver who's brought you success as a team would be a catastrophic. Now, what's interesting is Sebastian Vettel, as much as he might come out and say, Yeah, I'm happy to be an understudy, there is absolutely no chance he will. As soon as no he way. realizes No. Yeah, go on, I'll let you touch on that.
0: Oh, you're gonna say is you look at it this year already. He's effectively sort of sort of seen that dynamic with Leclerc. The amount of times they're arguing, they had the whole, I can't remember what race it was, when Leclerc let him pass because there was an agreement that he was quicker, etc. Then he didn't let Leclerc back in front. That just, it shows the spitefulness is there. Yeah. Not spiteful, it's the winner's mentality. There is no way him and Hamilton could ever work. Like I said, they're two alpha males. Yeah. They're top yeah. dogs. And Hamilton has every right to demand to Mercedes saying, yeah. hold on. That can't happen. I've been your top driver for this. Because I'm not being funny. There's always these rumours that Hamilton wants to go to Ferrari. He'll jump ship and any team would take him.
1: Yeah, of course he would. That's that I and mean, that's the that's a given, isn't it? Really. I mean it's been no 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 secret that Lewis Hamilton has had admiration for Ferrari and he's always wanted to race for them. Now I don't see it ever happening because they've got two young drivers. Who, no, um, I can't. Not with uh. No, Sainz there and I was Charles Leclerc won't. Well, I mean, he's an Alfa in himself now. Um, In the Red Bull as well, they've got Max Verstappen and Alex Albon, who's not confirmed yet for next year. But Christian Horner came out and said "Um, Sebastian Vettel moving to them is extremely unlikely. He hasn't ruled it out, but I just don't see that happening. Um, again, the Mercedes move. It'd be an interesting one, but soon as Sebastian Vettel, as Vettel realizes he's going to be in the fastest car with Lewis Hamilton, he's going to train and work hard to be as competitive as ever. And as you said, the despiteful the as you were saying, the winner's mentality, which I love about Sebastian Vettel, oh, is yeah, that he just of doesn't he want to like give in. He's like, no, no, I'm the, I'm still the A-lister. And going to Mercedes, it's for me, it's kind of, it's a car crash waiting to happen. Um, and if that happened. Then you know Sebastian Vettel will not lie down and take a number two driver. But then again, will he, If he wants to stay in Formula One, he might have to accept that because otherwise, Sebastian Vettel won't have a place for next season, and the four-time world champion might potentially have to hang up his um well, hang up his boots if you like.
0: Well, I don't know. It might be the fact he has a few seasons out. I think he's always going to be a driver that's wanted. I'm seeing a few links with Renault. They're looking at him or Fernando Alonso, who's obviously been gone. But I can't see Alonso wanting to come back unless it's in a car at compete. Obviously, he had the whole disaster of his last run where the car just couldn't compete and the amount of times on the radio is basically just slagging the car off constantly. And I, I can't see him wanting to come back into another car where it's not going to be able to compete.
1: Yeah, exactly that. I mean, I think, to be honest, again, the Vettel thing, I mean, if you look at his age now, he's 32. Um, for me, personally, being a full-time world champion, he's done what he's done. You are absolutely right in saying, of course, you can drive until 35, 36. Why not? But if he was to leave F1 now, for me... Especially if you look at the young drivers that are taking up the team spots now. That would be that for Sebastian Vettel personally. You wouldn't want to see such a great. If you look at the grid now, I think Sebastian, I mean, Lewis Hamilton is a world champion. Top of my head, apart from Sebastian Vettel, I can't think of another driver who's on the grid right now. Kimi Raikkonen obviously is a world champion, who's at Alfa Romeo. But apart from that, I don't think. It's, is there any more yeah, world yeah. champions on the grid? I don't think there is. I don't believe so. No, I exactly. Don't think so so. You're, you're losing out. The sport will potentially lose out a four time world champion. It would be a big loss. um, but for me, the inevitable which is it's gonna happen. I mean, Vettel, what would happen this year, which is very very interesting to see for the coming up season, is Sebastian Vettel gonna push, 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 push and to just put any suitors out there saying, Look, I'm still available, I'm still a big driver, I can still get results and you know, maybe get people out there looking for him as a twenty twenty one driver, or is it gonna be a sad kind of exit for him where Leclerc is the A-list driver and he's just a, a second driver for the season. I'd love to see Sebastian Vettel, his winning nature, come out. And I'd love to see him be competitive. Um, it would be interesting to see. And hopefully, I mean, if you just mentioned on the, uh, the the Silverstone thing as well, to see if we will have any potential race this year.
0: Yeah, no, of course. Uh, so obviously, the few links to Silverstone will be back to back. And I think the Austrian Grand Prix is also meant to be two back to back. And I think it'll be the first time that's ever happened in the history of F1 having back-to-back race like that. And I can understand why they want to do it because they need to get races in. But does it sort of take away that dynamic of the race in a way? Mm. It doesn't make it such as special as a weekend. No, I know. I think, and that's what I I can, but then there's, there's so many aspects coming into it. It's, it's not like sort of we've seen the the German football coming back. It's not just a certain few people. The amount of people per each team that have got to be involved, how do you make something like that work?
1: Yeah, exactly. You can't have, you know, let's send 20 people down. It doesn't work like that. You know, you've got there's such a mechanical team. You've got the uh, the engineering side of people. You've got the people on the database. You've obviously got the people, just the tyre, the pit change. You've got to have at least four drivers there. I mean, four um, mechanics. They're just there. Um, then you've got the two drivers. You've got the team principal. You've got the media, who are obviously probably not as important. But again, it's, it's a difficult one. But then again, yeah. again, financially, the way it, this pandemic has hit us all and hit all, all of sports, they need to restart. Otherwise, you've got teams that are in big trouble. And we do need to see a restart. And I think, again, the Prime Minister came out and said last weekend that obviously from July, from June the 1st in the UK, all sporting activity can commence. Um, so Formula 1 effectively can start again as well um so hopefully potentially from july and maybe mid-june we might start to see a bit more of of the major sports to come back and hopefully formula one can be one of those and again i'd love to see it happen you're right it does take away that you know that exciting feeling because the formula one you have you know you have each city each country have their own weekend and make it special themselves so it does take that away but as racing fans as we all are it's, it's very important that we can see racing again this year. Because the season hasn't actually started, they could potentially miss out on this year. But then again, again, the financial implications that has could be catastrophic for certain teams. And um, it's not like football where they've already played 75% of the season. They haven't actually started the football season yet. So so there no, is no, that. Not but not ultimately, uh, yeah. it has to be what's right. It has to be
0: what's safe,
1: ultimately. Um, and that's the the main thing on that, really.
0: Yeah, it's it's such a nice saying there, it's the main thing. I think but that can also go both ways. Due to the fact that the season hasn't actually started, mm. you can easily call this and say, Look, yeah, scrap this season off, we'll come back next year. When it's safe, they've got they've got times to right. bring implements in, make everything Completely. In a way, this could change the way it's the sport works. They've got chance to revamp everything. I think even touch it slightly a bit on the Bundesliga was the way it worked. Is these are ways that you can bring changes in to happen to make the game better going forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I mean, if you, yeah, you're right. I mean, it is. It's very interesting because, like I said, the season hasn't started, so they can. They've got a bit more flexibility than the football. Um, it will be interesting to see. I think the decisions are still being made. Um, we'll keep eyes peeled on it and I believe Charles I'll just let you touch on potentially the rule changes that we'll talk about later on but I believe for this episode I think that's probably that's what we wrap up on that and I just let Charles wrap up and finish up
0: yes a lot of rules uh, they're being changed I think there's quite a it's a big massive extensive list of rules that's being changed and that was meant to come in from next season but obviously with this whole COVID-19 situation that's now been pushed back into 2022 uh so We've got an idea of a video coming in the next, I wouldn't say a few weeks, but later on in the year, uh, we'll have a video dedicated about yeah, that. We can talk yeah. a bit more potentially about how the season's going on, if it does get started, et cetera. And we can sort of go through some of them rules because there is a huge amount of list of rules that are changing. And I think it's going to change the way the whole sport goes forward and make it more exciting. But like Adil said there for this week, yeah. thank you so much for everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'll probably go back to football as a topic next week. It's been two weeks away from it. We've got yes, some ideas. Yes. There's been a lot going on. Obviously, Bundesliga is back. Football's back at last, even though some, I've seen quite a few people very opinionated about it. But I'm glad football's back. That's yeah. the main thing. But for this week, thank you very much, everyone. And we'll see you guys again next week.